Chapter 8. Fog on the Barrow Downs. Fog on the Barrow Downs. And our that first encounter like with a... the Barrow... Our first encounter with a real enemy that you have to stab. Yeah, yeah. That can't um, be beaten... That can't be beaten uh, uh, by a song. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Although, hey, it kind of is beaten by a song, right? Not I mean, really. No, because basically... Frodo, like in, in D&D parlance, uh, cast a summoning spell <laughs> and summoned um, Tom Bombadil. Bombadil. Yeah. So, like, he's so, like, hey, no, come down, so down, Tom, help us. If you can take us back, um, uh, there's two questions here. What were, if you remember, what were your first impressions of this uh, Barrow-White encounter when you were young? And what what's your impression reading it again, like, in terms of... Uh, you know, first impressions. Well, I first mean, impression. One, just to start okay, okay. this off, right. I was struck by how the Barrow White, Barrow White, was not really that described in much detail. It was just kind of a shadow with eyes, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so and anyway. Yeah, but I mean, but I do think though that a lot of times it's way more effective because, uh, I mean, he kind of did the same thing with uh, the Balrog. But, right, um, right. But but again, but it makes it that much. I, like I said, I like the open to interpretation because uh, you know honestly, <clears throat> he doesn't go into much detail about um, anything evil, really. If you think about that's it, that's true. I mean, that is fascinating. I wonder if that's conscious, conscious, de- like a conscious decision. Be, I mean, if it wasn't, it was still a good move because I think that anything that's scary is way scarier in your imagination than than the actual description you know right right i mean, I mean, because, I mean let, let's put but, it let's put it in this way okay so you you look at bombadil right and like he's got a blue jacket and his boots are yellow and blah 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 blah. i mean that kind of doesn't sound it's like that's hard to imagine i mean other than like a very cartoonish kind of you mm. know blue jacket yellow boots right yeah, you know what? Speaking, and this is a holdover from last week's discussion on Bombadil, but like, speaking of blue jacket, yellow boots, I actually think that he is in a blue jacket and yellow boots. Last week I said it's because he needed to make green because Bombadil is yeah. kind of a nature character. Right. Um, but on the other hand, I almost think like, you know, a few years before writing The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien just started rhyming about Bombadil and you know when you're coming up with a rhyme it just sounded good it's like yeah yeah Tom Bombadil was a merry fellow bright blue his jacket was and his boots were yellow it's like his boots are literally only yellow because because uh, had he to rhyme with fellow. fellow you know yeah. I mean? like he didn't maybe even put that much thought into it and so in retrospect when we're thinking about Tom Bombadil we have this insistence the guy has yellow boots but yeah. But is that really even important or necessary to? It's not. No, like no, it's actually to his not. Or anything. I no, mean, no, it's not. I don't think it, it is. Very and it is quite. To, car- it's kind of a little bit cartoonish. Like you, you don't right. see Strider wearing re- yellow boots. No, but again, I get. I like he didn't do a whole lot of descriptive anyway. For like other than like very broad generalizations. I mean, I think really. Yeah, he describes I mean, landscapes it. in detail. 
Yeah, yeah, and and, and and eight million blades of grass on the way, to, and and food. <laughs> Um, like, yeah. yeah, like uh, he describes weather patterns, right? Um, and and I mean, he's very English in that way. Like, oh, he's talking about the weather. Um, it's like slight fluctuations in the barometric pressure will be right, noted right, right. accordingly. Um, but yeah, like you're right. Um, like we don't really know what Bilbo or Frodo or Sam. I mean, we kind of know what they look like, but he doesn't really go into much. Oh detail. well, we know that Frodo has a cleft chin, right? Does he? <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, no. We we don't know that yet. I I jumped ahead like you did last week, and I read into the Prancing Pony, and uh, he's described Gandalf actually describes Frodo to uh, Butterbur. He said he had a cleft chin. I think like a like a cleft in his chin. In it, like uh, Gandalf. Oh, man. You're, you're, it's taller, uh, you're between, taller than most, fairer than most, with a cleft in, in his chin. In terms of hobbits. In terms of hobbits, yes. Okay. Now Did I say cleft? But it's something. He described his chin. You're exposing my ignorance because I don't remember that. A stout little fellow with red cheeks, said Mr. Butterbur solemnly. I think he's quoting what uh, uh, Gandalf what said. Gandalf said. Yeah. Pippin chuckled, but Sam looked indignant. That won't help you much. It goes for most hobbits. So he's stout with red cheeks. But he says to me, continued Mr. Butterbur with a gl- glance at Pippin, but this one is taller than some and fairer than most, and he has a cleft in his chin, perky chap with a, br- with a bright eye. Ooh. Wow, see, I can read. I can read. So. Wow, I, I just, I, that particular word never struck st- stuck out. As a Tolkien-esque that, word? No, no, well, just I never thought he described facial features on Frodo before, but now I see that. No, but but that's like like Frodo has a cleft in his chin, so now we know. <laughs> Wait, did Elijah Wood have a cleft in his chin? He probably did, you know. Let me see here. Uh, yeah. Uh, kind of, yeah, he does. Uh, he, has, he has a little bit of a dip. Yeah, he has, yeah is, no, he has enough, so I think. Slight. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I everyone has that. that level of cleft in their chin i think don't they not really okay do you you uh, can kind of see the un- little under some certain light i can't really see it so when i was 14 i had a way more of a cleft than i have now but that's okay i'll take it anyway <laughs> so on to the barrel whites okay sorry <laughs> but anyway but this is a bit of a, a tangent but you were making an excellent point and i think it yes. still holds true that Tolkien chose not to describe evil characters all that much at all. Obviously not Sauron. Right, um, right, right. Just very basic. He never describes Melkor in the Silmarillion. No, no, no. But I, I, I Other think, than having I do like think, a Silmaril in his iron crown or whatever. Right. But I do think that that might be intentional. I do and, think it's intentional because he probably thought, like you, you, like we were just insinuating that... The imagination, leaving the imagination to its own devices is probably the best option in these cases where if you just suggest a shadow with eyes, the reader is going to like fill that that shadow, that void with all its own fears, really. Right, like right, the person, yeah. their own fears will come out and fill that void of description rather than like if you just laundry list all the scary things. Oh, he's got fangs with blood at the end of the fangs yeah, and yeah, razor I mean, sharp claws and teeth. And I'm like... That just becomes almost um, distraction. Distraction. Or something. It does. It does. And I, and I think again. I mean, this has nothing to do with Lord of the Rings, but a very effective use in the visual medium of 
of uh, the imagination taking over is Jaws, like particularly for the first half of the film when you never really see the shark. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and when you actually do see the shark, it looks cool. It doesn't right. look real. You know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> right? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I think some some old movies probably hide the monster, as it were. They do that partly f- to build suspense, but partly to save expense. Right, right, but 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 I mean, again, it regardless of why they do it, like, and and the, again, the sidetrack here, it like, like, like with Jaws, it, they, he, um, the the shark Bruce never worked, or it worked very, very, it was very hit and miss, so they couldn't really use it, you know. But are you talking about the, the mechanical cho- shark? The mechanical shark, yeah. Did you just call like, it Bruce? Yeah, they call it Bruce. Oh, they call it Bruce. Yeah. Why they call it Bruce? I, I can't remember. I can't remember why they called it Bruce, but it's Bruce the Shark or Bruce the Meg or whatever you want. I, I think it was a shark. How do you right. know this? I read the, How do you know these things? Because I, I, I know a lot of useless stuff that, that if I was on Jeopardy, I'd probably do really, really well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, now's your chance. I, yeah. Um, but the point is, is that your imagination fills in the blanks. Mm-hmm. And I think to to add in a long 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 roundabout way coming back to your initial question yeah no the first time i i read the uh, uh the Bar- uh fog on the barrow downs um mm-hmm. it was scary it was kind of like the green lights yeah. the the creeping hand like the, the 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 dirty rags like all that stuff like set mm-hmm. up this like whole kind of like uh you know really kind of gross feeling um you yeah, know, scenario that they're in. It's kind of like this, like, again, like we had said last week, this is the first time where this became a serious adventure. Yeah, like a real adventure. And speaking of Frodo Watch, remember we were doing Frodo Watch from last week? This is when Frodo stepped up. Frodo became the hero of the story. Whereas in the past, in the in the last adventure, which, which was the initial adventure where there's actually an element of danger, where there's an attack, where Old yeah. Man Willow attacks the hobbits and Sam distinguishes himself as the one with the resources to kind of fight back against the Old Man Willow. Yeah. In this case, Frodo finally comes into his own and he becomes the hero that saves these three helpless hobbits. Now, do you think, um, okay, so so I, I haven't heard this discussed, so, but I'm just going to put this out there. So um, do you think that the fact that Frodo woke up and really didn't have, do you think the fact that he carried the ring and that the uh, Barrow Whites didn't have the, like if, if he would have, Frodo would have thought about it. Mm-hmm. He has the the artifact to control these these things you know what i'm talking about like you mean with the ring he could control with the, barrel, the ring yeah i mean like not to say that he would but, Thera- but theoretically does he have the i mean it's he has the object it's like he has the porsche but can he drive it like right, does he right, know right. how to put it through its paces right but if you have a porsche Right, and the other guys don't. I mean, you, you still are one up on the team. You know what I'm <laughs> well, saying? Yeah. Whether you right. know how to drive it or not, you know. But but, but I, you know what happens to I mean, speculative. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's speculate because we know what happened on Weathertop when Frodo was tempted and, and put the ring on. Yeah, and it was almost like he became even more exposed to right, the right. dark powers. And it's like, um, would the Barrow White like 
attack him more forcefully if he i don't know like it's uh or would because he's such a low-level white do you think that frodo like again you know like knowing what he had like if he knew mm -hmm. what he had if he knew what 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 the powers were like he puts on the ring and granted it would have been a complete disaster and i I think everything would have ended like like uh not too far do you think this is a low-level white uh white though i think it's a a lower level white than 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 the uh black riders you know, I mean, these were... But is it the same? Because I'm a little confused. I mean, we could actually get into this topic. So basically, these were evil entities that the Witch King of Angmar, right? Right. Basically sent down to these barrows down here because these were where the, the Dunedain like, buried all their high-level like um, uh, uh, men. And essentially, he sent uh, these whites to uh, to desecrate the uh, the right. Yeah, I kind of. So yeah. I always thought that the Barrow Whites were themselves the the spirits or the the dead the the the, the Dunedain, Dunedain or the the yeah. kings of like basically like ring wraiths. They were spirits yeah. of men who had been corrupted and now haunted these barrows in which they themselves were buried. And right. then, um, but it looks like what actually happened was it's almost like not the Dunedain's fault in the sense that no, no, the, no. these are these are burial mounds for, from the Dunedain. And then you're right, the Witch King sent the these evil spirits down to haunt the Barrow Downs. Kind of and, as a warning. And, and the, the spirits inhabited the corpses of the Dunedain. Uh, the, right, the corpses right. of the dead Dunedain. So they're undead creatures. Right. He sent them down as a, like a, just to keep the, the, the men away, the rangers away. You know, basically mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, you know. And it's like, like almost you know, like a humiliation ritual. Like, yeah, here, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. your time is done here and I'm going to desecrate, like you said, desecrate your bur- burial mounds, which were probably like almost temples, like sacred temples. You know, like all these old cultures built. Yeah, uh, burial mounds. Whether they're, they're, you know, you could look at uh, chamber burial mounds in uh, Ireland, or or even obviously the uh, pyramids of Egypt. These right, were right. supposed to be like sacred places to hold the, the dead, the important uh, dead dude, of, the, no, whoa, of their whoa, whoa, society. Whoa. Pyramid, pyramid of Egypt. Those are batteries. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Come on, let's let's get it right. <laughs> they're uh, they're spacecraft. Yeah, and and the, none of this is really spelled out. You have to kind of search through appendices and other things to like really yeah, know the yeah. significance of this because, um, what the Barrow White did to the dead corpse of the Dunedain king that was buried here, and inhabiting it and animating it and kind of haunting that, um, haunting the Barrow, it looks like he was he was about to do to the hobbits like he yeah. was like kind of like a spider it almost reminds me of what she loved did you like you yeah, like, like stun yeah. your prey and then you kind of she ritualistically wrap it and anoint it and then suck it dry and then you can right. like it becomes like a zombie corpse for you to inhabit animate and and further yeah. haunt your well, I think though again, I, I, we, we talk about the ring race and stuff like that, you know, because there were more wraiths; these were whites. Which again, like in D and D, there is a difference. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, um, but whites but, is just like a, a ghost, right? Or yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whites like the the like the Middle English word a white. Yeah, 
Let me just oh, look that okay. up. So it's a it's archaic. It's an old word that basically means a spirit or a ghost or a supernatural being. Right. Which is how they're described. And again, I like I said, I don't I I don't know how much of the of the Dunedain they actually inhabited, so to speak, like you know, like possessed as much as they just were there just to haunt, you know, and not Speaking of doing research, I was looking at this old Tolkien bestiary. You know, that's like that old Tolkien bestiary. That that is like not okay, very yeah. like 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 that that is like if you if you um go on to any kind of serious Tolkien scholar, which I have that book, I love it, but they they right. think that dude's kind of full of shit. <laughs> well, the the scholarship might not be completely accurate i think he took liberties i think he even took yeah. liberties describing the barrowites right um because he's the one that said that these are the the barrowites you know possess the the the, the bodies they're like yes, uh, yes. they're like body snatchers they're just a spirit yeah. that possesses the bodies um that's where i got it from right so right right you don't know like if if this is the like a what a because because Tolkien only describes it as a shadow, except for yeah, the yeah. arm thing. Is this arm the the undead or uh, almost what is the word like mummified arm of the old Dunedain king that the Barrow yeah. White is moving towards the prey? Well, is their the, prey? The, well, there's definitely there's definitely because Bombadil had to go in and stomp out the damn the the hand. Bombadil raised the. Um, the like, basically like uh, exercised the barrow, you know, yeah. for lack of a better term. But the hand was still there. It was a cut off hand, but it's kind of like uh, like hand from the, from from uh, what do you call it from the Adams family, right? Yeah, that's Just what kind I... of like crawling <laughs> exactly. around. There was a loud rumbling of sort of stones rolling and falling, and suddenly light streamed in, real light, the plain light of day. So the attack on the barrow, it's kind of like. I have to. I'm I'm saying a few different things here, but this is reminding me of, and I've told you this already, of Bilbo's first encounter with the stone trolls, on so many levels because it's like you're kind of trapped, and then some other figure, whether it's Gandalf or in this case, um, Bombadil, come in comes in and saves you. By right. by releasing light into the picture, into the equation, and Look, yeah, with, yeah. Frodo, with Bill with um, Gandalf, he was like, you know, let the light of day turn you to Dawn stone, take you all, and be stone to you, right? And here, Tom Bombadil, what does he do? He comes in to save these hobbits through an act of like, let there be light, and light streams in, real light, right, right. plain light of day, which has the same effect on the on the white as it did on the trolls i mean not it doesn't turn the white to stone but it 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 uh vanquishes right uh, right the uh, the attack of the uh white as frodo left the barrel for the last time he thought he saw a severed hand wriggling still like a wounded spider in a heap of fallen earth tom went back again and there was a sound of much thumping and stamping Ooh, he's just like beating the hell out of this yeah, disembodied the hand. Out of that, uh, yeah he came out he was bearing in his arms a great load of treasure thing okay so so not to not to harp on on it too much but you have in both cases in the in in bilbo's encounter with the stone trolls and in frodo's encounter with the borrow whites what do they get after the light shines forth and vanquishes the enemy they get swords out of swords. the deal. 
And in yeah, both the, and in both cases, the swords come from underground burial chambers, right? Or, and they're ma- or, and, and 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 they're magic swords because, like, I mean, so, honestly, like, like so I, I think, would I would say the swords from the Barrow Downs are probably like plus two uh, swords for the chance to uh, cast dispel magic with each shot. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but these are Dane swords; they're not glamdering. No, no, no. But I mean, they're like you said, gla- like like Sting was probably like you know had had uh, 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 infravision and uh, like probably a plus four Vorpal blade, whereas uh, <laughs> <laughs> these were like probably plus two with a chance to cast spell because look, he stabbed the Witch King uh, Mary did in in the mm-hmm. leg and it and it uh, stabbed right. right through his sinew and uh, yeah. So these, yeah, only, doesn't only he say a that, magic sword could do doesn't that. Doesn't he say that uh, not any blade would be able to do that? Just uh, just, just the, one's forged specifically for the, the fight against fight against the, the uh, right because right. these were forged in the fight against the Witch King of Angmar. Yes, and so therefore they have great power against those particular kinds of uh, foes. Right, right. They probably have like a a, a plus four to hit against undead. <laughs> <laughs> Against undead whose name starts with W, Ringwraith. Speaking of that, though, this is also, in terms just of the Lord of the Rings, this is the first time that you really get a sense of the the age. Like, like Frodo is stepping into history here. Right, right. You know what I mean? Because in the Shire, there was never this sense. You know, it's it's kind of like... And Tolkien describes the Shire as this place where history, history and wars are things that happen in faraway places, and they right, don't right. really invade the Shire too much. The Shire is like an island of tranquility, but you you've you've left the Shire, and now you're in a place where there's you know burial, ancient burial mounds, the result of ancient warfare, um, and now and we realize now that oh, this is not even the Hobbit anymore. This is a a bigger uh, story with a deeper history. I, I mean, obviously, The Hobbit also has a deeper history, but it's not explicit. It makes explicit the deep history behind The Lord of the Rings. So I think again, we're like you know, again, we're we're kind of lumping a bunch of stuff here, and we're kind of jumping uh, all around. But a little bit. This right here, like again, this this chapter and and what happens. Uh, I think, like I said, this is. Um. Again, the, the, it takes it up in like a, a, it takes it up a notch. That a astute kind of reader of this starts to wonder about when you know you're in the Barrow Downs, Barrow White, Witch King, Dunedain, like all these new, all these historical events are brought up as kind of unknowns, but at least they're brought up as as uh, question marks. Rather yeah, than yeah. not brought up at all, and then what? Who do you meet in like the next chapter? Is Strider, who right, right, is right. like the scion of the of the line of the Dunedain. Yeah, yeah. I did watch. Um, yeah, again, like I did a little bit of a <clears throat> between reading and watching uh, the Broken Sword and Nerd of the Rings, which are two of my favorites. Mm. Um, but again, like uh, talking about um, the Barrow Whites. I think in in unfinished tales or whatever that uh, it was stated that that the witch king basically roused all the whites in in September when they actually found out where the Shire was. So it was kind of like a 
strategic move on right the, I, I i actually uh i saw that too the same video i believe um, probably where do you think he got that information Again, I haven't read all the unfinished tales, but I want to say that he they, they'd mentioned um, unfinished tales. It means that the activity of the Barrow White it was like he was activated, right? But by the presence but, of the not of the ring race who were kind of in the locality, right? But but the other thing is too is like again, there's a reason why these were unfinished tales. You know, I mm. mean, it does seem pretty convenient that. He would like the witch king would go and act like activate him when the impression that you get from <clears throat> from you know from reading that is like the barrow whites the barrow downs have always been haunted or from time immemorial they they they've <clears throat> they moved in and they didn't need to be roused you know what I'm talking about do you think that was more of an afterthought of Tolkien like um, you know as an author as an author you 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 write something and then a few years later you you think oh that's probably why this borrow white was was activated because the ring rays were looking for frodo and they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. just happened but <clears throat> but when tolkien first wrote the scene with the barrow white he probably wasn't even thinking that there needed to be a justification for the activation of the barrow white that barrow white could just like you said always be haunting those barrows but, but from that's time immemorial right but I always felt it's kind of cheap a little bit. It was like, oh, they, they went and activated these things. Where, to me, <clears throat> the, the what Tolkien ended up doing, and again, what it's like the Barrow Downs have always been haunted. It's, it, it gives it a little bit more weight. They've always been haunted. This has always been a place that people avoided. I mean, you know, why else would they avoid it? You know what I'm talking about? I mean. Right, right. Yeah, there doesn't need to be a reason for the... Outside of like the yeah, outside I, of like the initial. that information that's coming from that we get from that video, which I'm sure he has like textual evidence for or back. Yeah, oh, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. That may be the case, but to me, it's kind of unnecessary. But but my because, point is like because the, the Barrow White is still a manifestation of or a result of the war between the Dunedain and the Witch King of Angmar. Right, right. But my so my he's point still, is he's still there for a reason that's justifiable. Yeah. It's but not my, just my point, right? But my point is, is like with with the unfinished tales, it's kind of like like we've written, you've written lyrics in your songs that ended up not getting used because like, oh, that doesn't really, right. that doesn't work as well. I mean, the fact that like the unfinished tales are there, I mean, it's great, but I think you know, it, it was more of like a, um, you know, Christopher Tolkien was like, oh, I think people would like to read this and see how you know, You're right this stuff developed into the Lord of the Rings, like the yeah. final result. Where you know, not I everything that he thought of or conceived of made it, made, it, it, yeah. made it into the final product. It's like, there's a re like, this is the end result. This is what Tolkien wanted to present to the world. They want like, here's Lord of the Rings. Everything else is probably right. like, but then there's like, the director's cut or the extended edition is like, Oh, here's like the, the stuff or that like we the took making, out. It, this outtakes. is more of like, to me, those books are more like the making of, you know, so in some cases. Yeah. I mean, in some cases, like the Lays of Blarian, there's like new material that, yeah, or, yeah, or the you know, there's like background material and old poems and stuff that, yeah, I mean, it's just, interesting. I don't are get just me wrong. The deep lore, um, yeah. But then, the, then there's those other books like War of the Ring, just earlier versions and like uh, of Lord of the Rings itself, and some of it is is extra information that is probably still canon, and then other things are old versions of things that later were changed like like strider being a, a hobbit 
Yeah, like yeah. He's no longer a hobbit. That was an old idea that got discarded, probably but for, my, for good reason. Like, all, all of the, all of the ideas were filtered and ended up in the Fellowship of the Ring. I think ultimately, in, 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 in how Tolkien wanted to uh, uh, roll it, it was that you know they, these, they, this is just a haunted place, regardless. So it's like the, the idea that that the uh, the witch king would come in and activate you know like oh yeah like kind of rouse the, the whites in september when when less than a month before frodo leaves the shire i mean again it it it, it just seems too happenstance too coincidental and again not that there's anything wrong with that but i i like the idea that 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 the yeah. whites were always there. <laughs> it's almost information you'd rather not know yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I I'm, but it's information for me personally. I think should be discarded. Bombadil acted like, like acted like uh, the like again, the bar- the Barrow Downs were was the ever present danger, right? Not right. like oh, I've heard recently that there's been uh, some kind of uh, shenanigans going on over at the Barrow Downs. So right. maybe yeah, yeah. I've kept my ear to the ground, and I, I've yeah. heard whisperings that. Ring wraiths are calling all, calling all, ca- yeah. all cars, calling all, yeah. R- uh, yeah, whites. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So, so I think yeah. that that I even though it. like maybe that was put forth as 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 a theory or like it was like written about in in unfinished tales, I, I don't know how much of that of of that that again like not that Tolkien didn't write it, but I don't know how much of that actually ended up you know well he didn't he didn't mention it in lord of the rings so maybe he thought of it as like a possibility and it could still be a possibility it could be but yeah he, it could be a possibility Tolkien made the decision that it wasn't worth mentioning in the book proper that's what i'm saying so like yeah. as that like that, so we that's can discard where it. yeah <laughs> that, that's uh, in a roundabout sort it's, of way it, yes to me it, it's it's kind of cool but it's also slightly clunky yeah, but again, it's it's a convenience. This is like right that 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 to me is some rings of power. <laughs> That's some rings of power type writing yeah. that, that I think Tolkien wow. uh, rightly really? discarded. <laughs>